0: sometimes feel that there's nobody to talk to about the things you need to talk about? Well, look no further. Welcome to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne are here to discuss the topics you've been asking about. Now, here's Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation.
1: I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and you have your other show hosts, hi (laughs) what's up hi it's been a really weird and long day in the studio yep
2: so the studio space that we record in i am an employee of also during the week um and i've been working late recording shows and helping out our producer bruce and i've been working really long days and i've been working really long days (laughs) i'm kind of lost my mind a little bit and um I am here today, running the show. The sh- not the show. I mean, I run the show too. But I, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I had to come and open the facilities and, you know, make sure everyone's show went well and produce a few and just like losing my mind is mush. And with the end of the day and we're behind schedule, so we just decided to go last <laughs> when we weren't even supposed to be here anymore. But it's whatever because I have a
1: key. I know, so we're here again alone in the studio. It's happened quite a bit. Ooh!
2: <laughs> There's nobody here. So I can do a bunch of crazy noises, and nobody cares! Nobody cares. And the door's open. No, it, I locked it's it. It's like No, this door. It's like oh. it's, the studio door's open. It's like peeing with the door open. It's super weird. <laughs>
1: super weird. So we're glad you guys are here today. We're we'll going to be talking about something a little bit serious. I know last week was super fun because we were talking about going back to college, <laughs> and I liked it a lot. And
2: you know what? mom and i realized is we will be graduating with our associate's degree in the same semester so we're gonna petition to sit next to each other
1: super cool and like take
2: a selfie take a selfie
1: and everyone will have a wet eye in the in the audience be like
2: oh a mommy Uh-oh. and a daughter how precious i
1: you know i'm pretty <laughs> excited about that so anyways So yeah, last week was fun. This week we're going to be talking about depression again. I know that we had a show on July 12th where we were talking about depression, but in light of some of the things that have happened in the world, specifically with um, the suicide of Robin Williams, I thought that it was appropriate for us to bridge this conversation again. Um, We're going to be going through an article called The 21 Things Nobody Tells You About Depression. Who wrote this? About being depressed
2: by Alexis Ned, and she's a staff writer for Mm
1: BuzzFeed.com. And then we're also going to be looking at a blog post that I recently put up on paperhope.com on recovery. And we're going to share with you how to build a relapse prevention plan. Now, those of us who are in therapy or done any inpatient work, we know what these are. Um, But I want to give you these tools towards the end of the show so that you yourself can work with your family, your therapist, your mentors, to build your own relapse prevention plan, because I think they're very helpful. Mm. And um, I'm really excited that there's a lot of discussion about depression, because, you know, there's stigma around it, which is Mm -hmm. super weird to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I even feel weird saying it, because I'm pretty transparent about mine. Um, And if you guys listen to this show, you can pretty much pinpoint back where mine's come from. (laughs) But in my in, my adult life, I have struggled with depression and deep, deep bouts of it. Um, I also, in my childhood, I it's hard for me to talk about, but I have had a suicide attempt in my experience as well. And I just feel like depression is something that's so misunderstood that we need to talk about it a lot. And if you are suffering from depression, whether it's mild or to the extent that maybe Robin Williams had, I wanna be one of the voices you've probably heard this week and tell you that there is help available for you and that suicide should not be an option. My, and I'll give you a little bit about my story as well. Um, As you know, I am a childhood, or I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, so, I had a lot of demons that haunted me, and I, I really felt like that was an option for me to take my own life. And um, when I attempted it, no one noticed. <laughs> I, I, I took a bunch of medication, and um, it didn't work. So I was really glad that it didn't work as an adult, mm-hmm. I can say that, but when it didn't work, I was very disappointed. And I thought, well, you know, I'll try again another day. <sighs> Yeah, really? <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's not cool. It's really sad and mm-hmm. upsetting to me to even think about it. It kind of takes my breath away. Um, it wasn't until my friend, um, Corey, committed suicide and, and completed it um, that it brought about an awareness that I hadn't had before, and that is that it's permanent. Mm-hmm. And she was gone. And every one of us were left behind to kind of pick up the pieces, just like what we're seeing now in our world with Robin Williams. I mean, none, none of us can understand what's going on inside of his family, of course. But um, I know a lot of you listening have either had experience through attempting or knowing someone who completed suicide. And, you know, you know, the damage that it causes when someone leaves you so abruptly. Mm-hmm. Um
2: On thinking about that, we had a really cool conversation in the car the other day that I almost wanted to find a way to record and, like, use it as a part of this. We were talking about how um, suicide victims' families take a lot of... um, I don't know they absorb a lot of the pressure of what happened and Mm -hmm. they have to like do all these things and there's a lot of blame that happens Mm -hmm. like well what didn't i do good enough or aren't i worth staying on this earth for like how could this person be so selfish and there's a lot that goes through the heads of the friends and families Mm -hmm. of the people that have successfully committed suicide But we kind of were talking, and I I haven't been diagnosed with depression, but I'm pretty sure that I deal with it as I'm assuming a lot of people do. Um, That it, we can't really beat ourselves up as a friend or family member of someone who has attempted or succeeded Mm -hmm. suicide because it's not our fault, and there's pretty much nothing we could have done to stop it from happening Mm -hmm. it's completely the depression and the demons that that person is dealing with and I feel like that's important and I think it's one of the um 21 things no one tells Mm -hmm. you but there is no like rationalizing with it and it doesn't make any sense and you're never going to feel like there's a person that understands you which is funny because mom and I can sit in this room and be like oh yeah that's totally Mm -hmm. what it feels like and la 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 and like we get each other but then when it's actually happening there's no Reasoning with that person. So mm-hmm. mom, if, if I had a really, really bad bout of it, or if mom had a really, really bad bout of it, which I'm sure she has mm-hmm. during my existence, there's nothing I could have
1: done to... Well, no, I'll expand on that. Um, just to finish that thought with Corey. Corey's suicide saved my life, mm-hmm. and it saved the lives of many of the children that were going to school with her during that time. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, there was an awareness that, to us that suddenly this is extremely permanent, Now, in my depression, to be fair, it didn't make everything better for me. It didn't. um, And in fact, I turned from dreaming about killing myself to um, if God would just take me, that would be good. It was still
2: kind of a thought. Yeah. Like, well, we talked about that too, Mm -hmm. the participating in the reckless behavior, because I mean, if it happens, oh well, like that kind of mentality. And then we got into like some weird philosophical stuff about maybe that's why teens are so reckless because the one part of their brain isn't as developed as the rational part of their brain. And then Mm -hmm. got into all these studies we were talking about, but it makes a lot of sense the parallels between why people Mm -hmm. engage in reckless behavior. And I would assume that a lot of the time the underlying reason is because they kind of don't value life as much.
1: Teens? Um, I, yeah. d- I did some reading and you know it's unfortunate I can't open the article. It was in <laughs> Time Magazine. Well they've locked it down. They want you to pay to read it. Oh. So thanks. <laughs> but I will paraphrase what I read um, with regards to teens versus adults and suicide. Teens have a fleeting thought. Mm-hmm. Largely, And I'm not saying this for everyone because I know that it's not applicable to everyone. But but generalizing for teens, um, there's a fleeting thought of hopelessness and helplessness that leads them to think suicide is an option. Mm-hmm. But as quickly as that thought can come in, it can leave. Well, just and like so, any other thought mm-hmm, teens have. Mm-hmm, in and out, in and out. And yeah. there's a lot of, you know, vacillating about this decision where with adults, it, it slowly creeps in. Mm-hmm. And that, it stays. And it like marinades and sinks in. <laughs> Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that's why when you look at statistics on suicide, um, teenagers attempt more than adults, but they don't complete mm-hmm. as much as adults. And I think that has to do,
2: and that we should. I well, you're gonna go to school to study it. The brain activity mm-hmm. and the development of certain parts of your brain outweigh each other, and I think cause some of those thinking processes to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, So that would be interesting. At the end of your degree program, you'll be able to (laughs) explain to us, hopefully, the goings-on of teenage
1: neurology. (laughs) Yeah, and it's very different than adults, so... Mm -hmm. I did post some links on the Facebook page for you. Um, If you want to pay for the Time magazine article, it's out (laughs) there, which I probably will be getting a subscription. It's pretty good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, there's information about the National Suicide Hotline, which I also think is um, super important. And let me pull up that number for you as well while we're talking. Because because the thing I want to get across in sharing this story about suicide is that – those thoughts are, are going to happen, I think, when people have depression. But I want you to realize in those thoughts of hopelessness that suicide should be off the table as an option. Mm-hmm. It really should. And and what should be on the table as an option is, is reaching out and getting help. And it could be that you're in an environment like my family where I didn't have anyone really to turn to. Start looking outside of things that you normally mm-hmm. see, like if it's a counselor at school or friends. But this is... Um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and their number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. And it's toll-free, 24-7, 365 days a year. And it's staffed by professionals who can help you get connected to local resources to get the help that you need.
2: Yeah, and when I when you're talking about that, I really love that there are resources in the world mm-hmm. um, for people struggling with those kinds of emotions. But... And I think this show is perfectly wrapped up because there's one of the things on the 21 things no one tells you is that asking for help kind of seems counterproductive because when people tell you things that you can be doing like oh you should go for a walk you should take a class it's kind of like um shut up i'm yeah, not I don't you mean don't to understand laugh at that
1: but <laughs> that might not be
2: the answer. Well no, yeah. that well when you're saying call someone if you need help it's yeah. like well maybe i don't want to reach out for help but yeah. that's why i think your relapse prevention yeah. program is so important yeah, because before calling the hotline You know, if you're feeling super depressed to the point of suicide, if you have this program or, like, whatever we talk about, you can even do it on your own, and you identify things prior to, I think that's a better step than just saying, hey, call someone if you need help. Because that's not always how it works, especially when you're depressed. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I'm going to point you to another resource just before we take a break, and it's a TED Talk. It's called The Bridges Between Suicide and Life and uh, we'll pick up a little bit more about this to talk and I'll tell you why we important.
0: Join us every week for Paper Hope Next Generation. This is a program for all women, regardless of age, who want to connect and start having real conversations about tough subjects. None of our topics are off the table. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics that impact women with specific focus on relationships, family, community, and self. Join Paper Hope Next Generation live every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hope that you will be a part of the conversation.
3: or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
0: You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation. I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and your other lovely show host, Rio
1: Wade, is here with us. Hello. Hello. And we're having a bit of a sporadic (laughs) conversation about depression. It's... Um, We had a show recently in, I think it was July 12th, where we were talking about our own depression, but in light of Robin Williams' suicide, we thought that it was a good time to bring it up again to talk about suicide. In the last segment, I shared my story of um, my attempted suicide. And we're going to be talking about in the next couple segments about a relapse prevention plan, which I think is really sorely missing in this Mm -hmm. discussion. I've not seen anyone write about this. I had
2: never even heard of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like that's what you do when you're in the hospital, this and that. Mm -hmm. But then you started like telling me about what they had you think about Mm -hmm. and write down. And I was like, oh, that's not as threatening as Mm -hmm. maybe just telling someone to get help. That's actually Mm -hmm. like some action steps that I can take. In my own life, and it's actually kind of interesting also, so it kind of was everything that I wanted to hear, and it's so weird that nobody's mentioned it. I
1: know. I'm really weirded out
2: by the fact that no one's
1: really talking
2: about this, so. Well, because you mentioned it's the same thing that they use for, this this is going to really grind your gears, for eating disorders and, quote, Real diseases, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? This whole thing that depression but, uh, is not a illness, it's not something that needs to be is. monitored it or um, fixed or worried about, la la la, because it's not a
1: measurable thing it's truly measurable I know but we need to break that it's just because well I don't know and you've heard this you've heard this articulation before and I'm going to say it again if you have diabetes or a heart condition or any other clinical medical condition you seek help by a medical professional Mm -hmm. to get help Mm -hmm. and those of us who have depression need to do that as well
2: yeah, I don't. I feel like people just don't put it in the same category because there's other diseases, schizophrenia, the ones that are very um, mm-hmm. they need th- upfront too. Like, well, I know, but they get the attention. Oh. They get the recognition of being something that is mm-hmm. life-altering mm-hmm. illness. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, depression is also categorized in that book of yeah. whatever whatever I need DSM. Re- yeah whatever the book is that they update all the time. Is it the DSM. No, yeah, is it that one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll look at. Sorry, we're so like everywhere on uh, educated right now about this whole thing, but I took a psychology a psychology class one time. Um, but I, I feel like we need to get depression, recognized more um, in our culture and around the world as being something that needs to be taken seriously. Obviously, if we have,
1: you know, these high profile
2: suicides mm-hmm. happening, it's a good time.
1: Well, and the difference is, so say for instance, you go in for heart disease, they give you an echocardiogram. They, right. they monitor they your can heart. They measure it. Um, diabetes, you get pricked in the finger and you test your blood sugar, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, depression has tests for It only it's subjective. So Mm -hmm. it's slightly different. And so the scientific world kinda looks at it sideways a bit. But you know what? I don't even care. Yeah. Like I'm here to tell you I don't care. I've been diagnosed with depression, clinical depression, all my entire adult life. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a legit thing. So and I take medication from time to time. And right now, because of all this digging in the dirt crap we've been doing, (laughs) I'm taking it again. (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah, because I'm a little unhinged sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It truly is. And you Guys, know I see my therapist every two weeks. She's my part of my relapse prevention plan. Um, but before we get into that, <laughs> I know <Okay>. like, <laughs> I, mean I want to like- tell you about the bridges between suicide and life. Just so you go and Google it and find it. It's a TED Talk, and it's from um, Sergeant Kevin. Briggs, And he was a sergeant on the Marin County side, which is super ironic because Marin County is where Robin Williams lived. Huh. Super weird. But he was in charge of um, manning that side of the Golden Gate Bridge. And so he dealt with suicide jumpers off gotcha. the bridge. And um, I won't give the whole talk away, but I'll tell you the one thing I took away from it, and I want you guys to take away from it, is that a lot of times people just need someone to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't need your advice. They right. just need you to listen
2: with empathy. No advice is sometimes better mm-hmm. <laughs> than trying right. to to
1: impress some idea onto them because yeah. we don't want to hear it. No, and he said there was one person who was, the and you'll see it when you watch it, definitely watch it. Um, there was one person who was on the rail and he sat there for an hour and a half listening to this man and he didn't interject. And the man did come back over and it, it saved his life. Mm-hmm. He's he's living currently now and mm-hmm. talking about his experience. But he told the sergeant that the one thing that was different about him is he listened mm-hmm. and didn't offer any advice, mm-hmm. he just listened. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that that's kind of key. I, that makes me think of,
2: so someone that listens to somebody and offers advice, they're trying to prove that they're listening to that person, but at the same time, I, I think this is why people get, um, especially that are depressed, get so upset when they get offered advice because mm-hmm. it's. it says in the article, too, that you have a really realistic and logical, which is funny, about... Um, like normal day things, so you know that that person is thinking over you yeah. in their head about what they're gonna say back to you. Mm-hmm. So you're you get up you get upset because you're mm-hmm. you're like you're not actually listening to me. You shouldn't have said that. Like why are you thinking about that? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you something so deeply important that there should be no words coming out of your mouth. Exactly. So the fact that he didn't offer any advice back, I feel like, is the best thing you could have done because then the person gets to express everything yeah. that is in their head, which probably doesn't happen. Um, and there's no, oh, you were overthinking in your own head about how to counteract and prove to me that you're listening and I don't want to have anything to do with you.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times in therapy, those of us that currently attend therapy sessions, a lot of times if your therapist is good and just listens, you will talk yourself into a solution. Mm -hmm. Right. You, it's kind of
2: that, like, (laughs) what do they call it? some kind of like oh did you logic la la whatever you hear it
1: come out of your mouth and suddenly there's a different thought process attached Mm -hmm. to it
2: and i in my experience once i've been able to get it out without interjection i ask questions Mm -hmm. and then i can take in the feedback because i know that i prompted the the thoughts coming back at me Mm -hmm. um
1: i don't know i wonder if it's that way for everyone I don't know. I, I just know that for me, um, talking it out and hearing my own thoughts, rational and irrational, kind of glued together, I'm able to examine it a little more clearly than mm-hmm. I would if it's all trapped up in my head.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So right. you want to go into
2: the article? Yeah. Let's zoom through this real quick because I think it's interesting. Um, and I want people to hear it just because it validates some of the things that you go through. Um, and again, it's the 21 Things No One Tells You About Being Depressed, written by Alexis Ned, who is a BuzzFeed um, staff writer, and it's on BuzzFeed.com. So number one is just, I put in, because I paraphrase all of these, <laughs> it's people telling you just be happy, or why don't you just try harder, or Sorry. How, about, how about you just stop? Uh,
1: That's like telling um, the, the victims of sexual assault and sexual abuse to just get over just it. Just
2: forget. Just get over yeah, it. Yeah, just
1: get over it. it um, excuse
2: That's me, ridiculous. So, okay. So to be fair, let me, <laughs> <an hour.
1: laughs> I want to speak to family members who are handling people who are depressed. Um, it's not your fault if you've said this. Right. That's what I was going to say. It it is not your fault because my dear, poor husband (laughs) has said these exact words to me. And it used to send me into orbit. Same. Um, Not my husband, but my boyfriend. But (laughs) I understand now where they come from. So I want to give you this enlightenment that I've had. People that say that don't have any footing to understand the darkness or depth of where you go. Right, which is
2: sometimes okay because
1: they realize that they've never been to those deep places no. before. No, and I want to offer you a tool and a solution, not a solution, but a tool that you might find helpful, and that's Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. I know it sounds like it's a business book, but it's not. Um, it, it helps articulate about shame and these really awkward and difficult conversations, and how, how you can be a better partner and a better friend mm-hmm. in facing right. these really awkward and hard conversation. you
2: kind of have to put a filter on in front of your brain that says okay they're not trying to get me (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're not trying to attack me they actually like me which is really hard when you're dealing with depression and Mm -hmm. that's a thing too um but it's it's practice and it's thinking about it when you're not in a in a down Mm -hmm. spiral um and you have to kind of play it out in your head and then once it happens when you're down there it's a lot easier to digest yeah um So that's why we talk about it now when we're during the day and we're fine. (laughs) We're fine. Okay, number two is it physically hurts. And this is something that I didn't connect for the longest time. And I was so frustrated with myself why I couldn't figure out why I was in the bathroom with diarrhea, why Mm -hmm. I had chest pain, why my muscles were sore and I didn't work out, why, you know. Your head hurts. Yeah, I have headaches. I have all kinds of different headaches. Mm -hmm. I have like... The spectrum of my headaches is like probably should be in like medical books because mm-hmm. I have a I have a left eyebrow headache that That's I get all the time That's my and I have a behind my head and above my ear and like I have all these spots. I should probably pay attention because they might mean certain things, but just like I, I didn't do anything and now I have all these hurdy <laughs> pains. Yeah,
1: depression hurts.
2: Oh. And and I and I get the shakes sometimes and I feel like that's the anxiety component yeah, totally. of it. It's just like overwhelming, just mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. And I've thrown up from crying oh, so yeah. bad before. All the depressed people raise their hands and Puking, said, Woo <laughs> <laughs> It's that's when you know you gotta like do something <laughs> quick. <laughs> you know what
1: I mean? I don't mean to laugh. I'm not.
2: I'm like No, laughing. I know those of it's you that true. Yeah,
1: those of you that know me when I laugh like that, it's just Agreed. kind of it's kind of this. Sick club, we all belong to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, what is number three? Asking for help feels counterintuitive. This is right. what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> On my paper, I just said asking for help sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does suck. And I don't want to diminish that either, except that. If there's a little voice that could be in the back of your head when you're thinking dark things, I want to be it. And I want to tell well, yeah. you that... There are people. There are people. I understand the need to reiterate that because if
2: if it just so happens to cross your mind, it mm-hmm. could be the the mm-hmm. line from yeah. here, not here. So yeah. I get that. Um, big, but big we deal. already talked about the fact that it's really hard um, mm-hmm. to seek help because... For me, it's almost like admitting you have a problem, mm-hmm. which is something that I guess happens to me when I'm mm-hmm. in a really bad state. Is I try to, you know, I I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm stronger than that. I my mama raised me better. <laughs> like
0: la la la. Well,
1: let me tell you, being you know, twenty plus years on the other side of that, um, when I was first diagnosed with it. Um, I was in a state of denial, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I don't have that. i do not a problem." A
2: lot of like newbies to the depression club that I talk to that are admitting it for the first time are like, "I am never seeing a therapist. I am not crazy." Yvonne that's Adam, how I was.
1: Mm-hmm. Our show co, yeah. our co show host. Yep. Um, and I was there for a long time. Yeah. I was like, "I don't need
2: to see anyone. I'm fine." What the hell are you talking yeah. about? I'm not well, crazy.
1: Things girls should have in their Rolodex, and those mm-hmm. of you that aren't old enough to know what those are, it's your phone book. Yeah. Who should you have? You should have. A you good should lawyer. not have a boyfriend that tells you you're crazy. First of yeah, all, take him out. <laughs> take shre- him out. Shred it. Shred it. Burn it. Burn it. But you should have. <laughs> you should have a good therapist, and there are there are resources we can point you to to help find one. A lawyer. A good hairdresser. <laughs> your best friend. You're so right. So anyway, we have to take a break because <laughs> we're just really crazy right now. Um, we'll be right back. Um, Listening to People Hope Next Generation.
0: the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Thanks.
1: Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America and Powerway Channel. I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and I'm here with my show host, Rio Wade. Thank you. And first, I want to. In the last segment, I said we're going crazy. And I want to just be clear some people find that offensive. That's true. So I didn't mean to be tongue in cheek about that. And I don't mean to diminish that. I personally don't care if you (laughs) call me crazy, but I know that there are people that are, you know, newbies to the club that Mm -hmm. think that that's a really harsh statement, so Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to imply anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or feel bad. I think Um,
2: our connotation of the word crazy is that... Excited.
1: Well, yeah, it is is high energy, yay. (laughs) Yeah, but even if you were to look me in the face and be like, your depression makes you crazy, I would say, yeah, (laughs) kind of. Fair enough. Well, it took a
2: long time for me to get there, too, because I agree, too. It is... It is a, psych- it's a
1: psychosis, almost. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know, but it makes you feel that way. It, well, it makes you feel isolated because there's this weird thought in your head that no one else has it.
2: right. Which is so irrational because I can sit here and be like, oh, my God, you so have it. And you can be like, oh, my God, you so have, I it. have it. But then when it happens and you're in your room at night crying for no reason, you're like, oh, my God, nobody feels this pain. <laughs> nobody else in the world understands the depth of this pain.
1: It's not true. I don't know why that happens. I don't know. So anyway. Number four. I meant no offense. Um, your relationship with food changes and it's complicated. Yes. So I drew a little diagram on my paper. Oh, well, I should take a picture of it. And it says <clears throat> eat,
2: gain weight feel shitty (laughs) get depressed eat Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you could do it another way and it says don't eat lose weight and then you still feel badly so you get depressed and then you eat or you don't eat so it's like this whole thing you can either be one of those people that just you're too depressed to eat or you're like me and you just to distract yourself it's comfortable to eat it's it's for me, I don't necessarily think it's like the comfort of something familiar. I think it's it's distracting. Mm-hmm. I cook. That's my thing. Oh, yeah. is I actually prepare my meal to eat or I'll like make a plate of something mm-hmm. because you have to think about the steps or when you're cooking, you have to be on alert because you're like by fire and like <laughs> all these other crazy things. So <clears throat> I'm, And I actually think that's kind of healthy if I do it right, if yeah. I've adopted cooking as a way to avoid stress reliever. mostly anxiety. I, I cook when I'm really anxious or like Actually, sad about
1: something. When we get into relapse prevention, you could put that in one of your tools.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Cook cook dinner
1: Absolutely. every day? Absolutely. So let's rifle through these because yeah. I really want to get into yeah. the relapse prevention because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, some friends might ditch you. This is
2: something that I kind of was okay with at the very beginning because <laughs> some people just cannot handle it and you cannot blame them for that. Yeah, It is... It is We can barely handle it. Why would we want to burden somebody else with it? It's a filter. Unless they're willing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a filter because you really want people around you that are strong enough and have enough empathy to face you in your darkest moments. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Number six, you feel like you're absolutely losing your mind. You literally do lose your mind. Your Hell, mind's gone. Yes.
2: Bye, by brain. <clears throat> bye, rationality.
1: Yeah, bye, by rationality. See
2: that's what we were talking about sometimes when, you know, the, the suicide attempters, their brain's gone. You can't blame that person for thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to leave my family because I don't love them. Oh, I'm going to make yeah. them clean up my mess, la, la, la. Like, you can't think that that's what they were thinking because... They didn't have those thoughts they at didn't all. Have those thoughts. Their brain
1: was bye bye on vacation. The, the pain took over any rational thought, and I know that people that never have felt that kind of pain don't understand it. Um, and that, that kind of well, not kind of. It definitely makes me sad because I, I hate thinking that family members who have lost someone and are survivors of suicide think that it's sad. It
2: it's just <laughs> ill equipped. That's why we're here. <laughs> We're going to talk you through the things to think. <laughs> We're going to think what is it <coughs> teach think. We're going to teach say? think ya. We're gonna
1: teach, you. We're going to teach think you. Number 7. What is this one saying? Even
2: you annoy yourself. Oh. I annoy
1: myself. Oh my gosh. Every single
2: day. Oh my gosh, it's so true. <laughs> I annoy myself every what, what single is, day.
1: I forget how I say it. I'm like, I can't even stand to be next to myself today. <laughs> it's true
2: though, because you, especially us as perfectionists, we realize that we're being irrational. And like, this is something that we shouldn't be feeling because we have a nice life. We have the tools to exactly. get out of this. La la la. There are people that have it much worse. Um, why am I so sad? But it's like, Mm, I'm annoying. I should get over myself.
1: But again... I think you need to surrender. And this is a word that I don't think we use enough Mm. in the context of depression. Oprah uses that word. I know. You (laughs) have to surrender to where you are in that moment. And uh, I know that's kind of wind chimey too. Hashtag surrender. No, we're using it as a hashtag. (laughs) Surrender. So number eight, everyday tasks will feel overwhelming.
2: Hilarious. It's so true. And that's where like... Okay... And this is for you little in like middle school and elementary school. Just a little tangent. Um, you cannot make fun of the people in your class that are not well-groomed or showered or um, don't look like you or dress like you. You do not know what's going on in their own life. Mm -mm. I had lots of little girlies that I was, quote, friends with that made fun of my friends that weren't so, quote, well put together. And some days I don't shower. Mm -hmm. Um, No, you don't get to make fun of those people because you don't know
1: what happened to make that happen. No, and you don't get to make fun of them to make yourself feel better either. That doesn't make you cool. Nope. It doesn't. Nope. Okay, so seriously even putting my own shoes on and let me tell you there are days that i put on two different shoes and go to work well that's the thing too is not only do you not want to participate in everyday things is
2: they don't they don't get um they don't get i was gonna say committed they don't get uh what's the word when you like do something See what I mean? (laughs) Speaking
1: (laughs) becomes impossible. Distraction. Uh, No, they don't get completed. Right. My tasks. Committed, completed, same thing. Well your your dictionary stopped. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, they no, your tasks don't get completed. Uh, Right. And then you get you feel worse because you're like, I'm a failure. I can't get it (laughs) together. Again, vicious cycle. I know. So number nine, it's nearly impossible to tell when it's just your depression talking. Am I really
2: sad because he told me I shouldn't eat those french fries or am I this sad because something else set me off or that did set me off and now I'm in a downward?
1: Hey, you know what? It can always be your depression, whatever. Like we're <laughs> going to give you um, some relapse prevention tools and, and frankly, I'm happy to put it on my depression. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to put it on my hormones. Like Yeah, oh, I, that's a big one. I don't need to get all caught up in like the trappings of it. The fact is that I was affected by something, mm-hmm. you know? There you like, go. Who cares? Who cares? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I get kind of weirded out about that. Um, depression will wreak havoc on your sleep schedule. L O L. Is that thing goodbye? Sleep, what sleep? What is sleep? <laughs> that, what? That, or you'll end up sleeping like
0: all 24 hours. All day.
1: <laughs> all day. Hey, I'm a cat.
2: No, I'm a sloth. They sleep 22 hours of the day. Yes. Hi, my name's Sloth.
1: So, yes, that's a thing. Or you're like me, and you're like an owl with (laughs) eyes bigger than your whole head and bags (laughs) down to your teeth. (laughs) No, it's a thing. Um, Depression can also, what does it say? Void of emotion, basically. You shut down. Oh, you go numb.
2: Right. That happens. I've never done that. Or have I? I don't think so.
1: I can't numbing out is really awful because then like if anything happens in your life you're like I don't care and usually for me like I can speak to this um, this is bad when you're numbing out it's kind of like yeah if the bus hit me that'd be cool right and that's what we were talking about earlier too yeah so triggers are not warning signs I mean this would definitely be a warning sign if you feel like you um, are losing hope Mm -hmm. Um, if you're starting to numb out this would be one where you'd be like hey ring the (laughs) alarm (laughs) ring it (laughs) need some help um it's incredibly boring oh my god that's my favorite one (laughs) because you don't do anything
2: you're you're in your room or wherever you are and you're just sad and you're not thinking you're not
1: taking in the fun (laughs) ever you're losing so boring yeah so boring you feel guilty
2: Mm -hmm. sorry to my family and friends i don't mean to be psycho but i am sometimes
1: yeah sorry it sucks to feel that guilt but hopefully you'll we will get you some tools to not feel guilty Mm -hmm. um what is this, 14? The uh, What I put down oh. is, quote, there are people with real problems
2: in the world. Not necessarily that other people are telling you that, but you tell yourself... Um, oh yeah
1: you try to diminish the fact oh we talk about this all the time do not discount your feelings to try and make yourself better Mm -hmm. you know you don't get to talk about someone else who's just been in a car accident and so you shouldn't feel one way or another whatever like stop comparing your existence to Mm -hmm. somebody else's existence if you feel like crap you feel like crap Mm -hmm. period somebody else doesn't feel more crappy than you (laughs) no you get to feel like crap Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see your dreams oh your dreams get weird <laughs> No, they don't get weird they get very scary and real mm-hmm. so keep a dream journal this no. is my, well burn it <laughs> no I because you're gonna go to therapy that's what's up. <laughs>
2: Okay. Um,
1: mirrors become your worst enemy. Okay, oh, this th- is
2: probably my number one. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, <laughs> I'll save that story for our last segment. When we talk about triggers, I will tell you about why mirrors, I should just smash them all and not look in them. Yeah. Well, it, it's just in general, I feel like, especially with me, with the depression and anxiety, you get very self-critical and almost get a little bit of body dysmorphic going on. Yeah, um, for real. Because if you think about it, you think all of your friends don't understand. You think mm-hmm. that they don't know how to help you. You think all of these things that aren't necessarily true apply that to your own judgment self-judgment it's horrible oh so bad stay away from ears when you're having a bad yeah, day just
1: don't that's i mean that's kind of what we're yeah. saying like, if you know it's going to affect you negatively avoid it then don't it's a trigger mm. um depression will seem like a logical state to be in i don't understand this so
2: it's almost maybe like the giving up side of it like mm. oh I'm depressed, and then just leave it at that. Oh, I get that. Kind of stuck in a hole. Yeah, well, you're, you're like, just oh, like, it it'll never sense. get better, right? It's I'm just here. That's it. You no. cut. Ca- you try to make
1: it logical in your
2: own head so that you're okay it's with just it. Just a thing, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, you should never be okay with it. Um, in that regard, I think we should be okay with it in general, but not that you become apathetic, right? And it's, you don't seek. Yeah, you should constantly help. be on the road to recovery, mm-hmm. constantly um uh, let's see um, 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 um. So arguing
2: with people um <laughs> is about being so horrible so if someone comes to you and says you're awesome and you're like no i suck i really suck i'm so bad i'm sorry i do that all the time yeah and i need to learn how to that. stop yeah you know how you do it you don't say a word mm-hmm. you say thank you okay We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, Char- when when you've been in, in a depression for a long time, it's really awkward to, like, get back into the swing of things. Yeah. You know, when you've gone in
1: a depression hiatus. Yeah. Number 20, you won't be able to think clearly about your future. This one is so true. Really? Yeah. I haven't really experienced <clears throat> that. Well, yes, when you're in dark places. Really? You don't think about you know, hey, I need to go to work or I well, need to go to school
2: okay. because I have f- done that.
1: my future looks bright. Well,
2: to me, it's difficult. It's, yeah. it, it causes me anxiety to mm-hmm. think about the week. I can't plan. Yeah. And I've. this is really sad. I have lost my ability to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting things. I'm like doing You're crazy stuff.
1: scheduled for sure.
2: Um, and then 21, because we have to go to break, of course, is the overall encompassing. You feel alone. Totally. Um, but uh, we have our last segment, which is going to be the relapse um, prevention program, and it's super interesting. So stay tuned. We'll be right back for our people milklip surgery.
0: Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation.
2: Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And I totally took that one because I wanted to introduce at least one. Today we are doing Depression Part 2 in light of the Robin Williams suicide Uh, We just went through an article, 21 Things No One Tells You About Being Depressed by Alexis Ned on BuzzFeed.com. And hopefully that gave you a little bit of comfort knowing that you're not the only one out there that experiences these things when you're in a down. Um, Yeah, super interesting. And we could have gone off forever. But we really want to get to this last thing.
1: Take it it away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if we go too fast and you don't get what you need from listening to this, I've written a blog post on it on paperhope.com. You can go out there and you can read um, my personal experience. And I'm going to be journaling some more with you guys about my current one that I'm writing. So essentially what is a relapse prevention plan? I don't know. What is it? (laughs) Relapse (laughs) prevention. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you how I came to mind and probably why these aren't, In the mainstream of conversation, I did inpatient work when I was 22, which means I went into a hospital for my depression. It was so bad I was having kind of a break in my mind and in my soul that my doctors felt like I needed some really intensive therapy to try and get righted again. I've been having really strong deja vu
2: lately Mm -hmm. and that was one of them and Mm -hmm. it kind of freaked me out um so (laughs) you were wondering about my expression i think that's it and i wonder if deja vu is a symptom of um anxiety
1: and overworking and depression i have no idea We'll Let's have to study out. what deja vu is. But mm-hmm. essentially this tool was something I learned in the hospital. And I think you can apply it in your daily life. And if you are wondering and wanting to work with a therapist, I think you should bring this to your therapist and work with it with them. Because obviously I'm not a professional, but I can tell you in my own life, this has helped me enormously. So essentially a relapse prevention plan is where you take pen and paper or your computer and you're going to write down things that are your warning signs, okay? Warning signs are things that will alert you and the people that we call your support people. Now, Rio doesn't like that terminology. This could be your friends. Mm-hmm. But these have to be trusted people, not these people you have trust. These are people you have to fully trust, okay? Um, you're going to give them a list of these things that if you – if you recognize me doing this, this means that I am at risk of relapsing into a depression or this could be um, for addicts that drink Mm -hmm. or anorexics or bulimics because I was fortunate enough to experience all of this in my inpatient work. It wasn't just for depression. So um, you could apply this for anything because I think depression is kind of a part of all of those ailments. Okay, So warning signs, what are they? These are things behaviors that you might find yourself self-engaging in, or feelings, or something that um, you want your loved ones to know about you so that if they witness them in you, they can call you aside and say, hey, you know what, you're not really acting yourself, and you told me about these warning signs, and I'm seeing some of them in your behavior. Let's talk about it, what's going on. So some examples of them would be isolating, um, perfectionism, such as um, unrealistic goals, obsessing, um, letting go on your recovery disciplines judging others, rage, calling in sick for work too often, projecting your feelings onto others, which means you might be feeling scared, but you're telling someone else that they are so that you don't have to face your Mm. own. Um, Not going to your therapy and your support groups, canceling appointments with friends, and saying yes when you want to say no. And this includes physical interactions, such mm-hmm. as intercourse, anything like that. I can speak to when I was a young woman that, sadly, I, I would say yes more than I would say no. And mm-hmm. I, it was just because I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I just completely Again, was checking out. That could be considered the reckless behavior that mm-hmm. you just put yourself in. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch more, but what I want you guys to do is spend some time thinking about, hey, last time I was in one of these places, I was doing these things. Um, It could be something like I watch reality television too much. Mm -hmm. That actually was one of mine when I was a young girl. I Um, argue about everything mm -hmm. for no reason. And that's when maybe your friend could set you down and go, hey, you know what? You're usually more Mm happy-go-lucky. I get very irritated, Mm -hmm. right? Like like, usually I'm really easygoing Mm -hmm. and everything's great. But um, Mm -hmm. when I start to get edgy, that's when I'm in a bad place. Okay, so that's warning sign. Triggers are these lovely little things that we experience in life that trigger us into (laughs) having warning signs, if that makes any sense at all. So this could be something like the holiday season a lot of people get depressed around the holidays, mm-hmm. right? Um, other things might, um, well, for me, I'm going to give you some of mine. Um, being touched in a certain place because mm-hmm. of my um, childhood sexual abuse, this is a trigger for me, mm-hmm. and it can send me into a tailspin. I even have some people
2: that weren't necessarily um, sexually abused that have places that they don't like to be touched. It just
1: sets them off. It just, it,
2: they will ruin their whole day, and mm-hmm. I'm sure when they're alone, it ruins
1: their whole night, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So other triggers might be um, music. You might hear a certain song and you're (laughs) toast. Did we talk about that last time and what happened? I was toasted. (laughs) Um, um, Maybe it's people. Maybe there's certain people that you get around and because of their behavior, it triggers you to behave badly as well. Mm. Um, Certain family members can be triggers for you. Um, Loneliness, um, skipping meals and not eating correctly. All of these things. And
2: then I mentioned, I think, in the second or third segment that we did that the mirrors thing, one of my big triggers, and this was so funny because mom had told me about this before this incident happened, so I was able to recognize it in myself. But I did something and then I had a really, really bad day and I just wanted to like not do anything or be next to anyone. And I was like, why am I like this? Nothing happened. And I had something to blame it on. But then I was like, I really don't think that's it. It was because I put this is like so funny and hopefully somebody in the world can relate to it. I do. I put on a pair of underwear that was that kind that's like bikini and it has like the one string connecting the front fabric to the back fabric and they were really old like back in my drawer because it was like laundry day and they were way too small mm-hmm. and it gave me this really nasty like indent mm-hmm. in my hips mm-hmm. and it just made me look so fat and I was just like holy cow I do not weigh this much mm-hmm. do I really and I was like looking in the mirror and I was like no one's ever going to love me no one's ever going to think I'm attractive Negative ever immediately i am so
1: disgusting like the thoughts in my head were like really scary do you see what just happened i think that story is a really good um example Mm -hmm. of a trigger that turns you into warning signs yeah and 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 mm -hmm. and i knew what they were before you even had articulated Mm -hmm. them so i was able to compassionately tell rio hey i think you need to throw those underwear away and never wear them again
2: i did But that, with just like sometimes even with just regular clothes, if I put on a shirt that makes me look too gross because it's too small, I'm just like, oh, I give up.
1: Yeah. I suck at everything. Everything's horrible. I just like. So be true to those things that trigger you. And they can be um, anything. So don't think that they're too small or too insignificant Mm -hmm. because, frankly, they're yours. Clipping your fingernails, getting a hangnail, Um, seeing blood. I mean, anything. I don't know. It's so personal to you, Mm -hmm. it could be kittens you know like and don't don't feel like anyone's going to judge you you can keep this to yourself too until you're ready to share it with other people mm-hmm. okay so the next step in doing this is identifying recovery tools and this is a little more self-explanatory though in talking with rio it seems like maybe this one's a little more difficult to get your head around because
2: it's the the admitting and mm-hmm. the asking for help that I haven't gone to the asking for help yet because when I have asked for help it hasn't gone how I wanted it to go yeah <laughs> so that kind of um, created a barrier I think and mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot harder. To find someone or something that is going to make me feel comfortable in asking for help but for now I think and it's so weird uh, cooking has become something mm-hmm. that because it can take my mind off of it yeah. and it's not about harmful dance? to me. Dance has always been mm-hmm. something that can alleviate those kinds of emotions in me and I haven't been dancing this
1: whole summer if that tells you a little bit about how my nights go. <laughs> <laughs> a little anxiety. Yeah a little bit. So things that might be in your tool chest these are some things that are in mine um uh, did i write them down um reading and not and not reading self-help i cannot read <laughs>
2: reading is actually maybe one of my triggers yeah
1: so this is what i mean this is a good example so reading is on my list and i wouldn't remove it just because Rio doesn't want it mm-hmm. on her list it's definitely solidly squarely on my list mm-hmm. um, um slowing my schedule down So taking things off of it, saying Mm -hmm. no, and even if I've already said yes, calling that person and saying, you know what, I need to back out Mm -hmm. of this, I'm not in a good place. And
2: again, opposite with me, if I have downtime, that really freaks me out.
1: Interesting. Freaks me out. Mm -hmm. Staying active, like dance Mm -hmm. or um, a workout regime, is also very helpful. Mm -hmm. I I definitely go to my therapist every two weeks without fail, um, asking for help, which is hey, I'm in a blue mood, um, I need to go hang out in my room by myself for a while, you guys have to hold down the fort. And then staying away from, you know, negative people. Those are on my personal list, but I'm going to give you some that were on. Um, I actually have the paperwork from my inpatient <laughs> hospital, so I'm going to give you some of those. Um, like 12-step meetings if you're um, a recovering alcoholic, which I think is fabulous. Um, getting together with your safe support people affirmations are also very good challenging your irrational thoughts if you're able to because that's mm-hmm. kind of hard um not talking to people that derail you question is for me being told cuz you said
2: affirmations but like i feel like this i don't know how to explain this okay so everyone calls girls that want a lot of quote attention are needy because they want to hear out of their partner's mouths things that they've already heard before but to me that really helps me Mm -hmm. it's affirmation um because a lot of that self-doubt happens when you're having a really bad time and if you are like counter yeah it counters what you're thinking and it comes out of someone that you trust and that you value Mm -hmm. um i feel like partners and friends need to know that Mm -hmm. that i'm not maybe it's needy but you should not call it that because a that will really hurt me <laughs> yeah. and b it actually helps me i'm not asking you to be annoying it's like gonna help me a lot Yeah, is no. those 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 reinforcements
1: yeah that's why i stress very much that this plan has to be shared with people you trust and we're running out of time oh my gosh. and i'm super any sorry concluding thoughts it. Um, Well, you have a blog post. I have a blog post on it, so don't hesitate to go out there. You can definitely reach out to me through um, Facebook also. And I just want you guys to know that your experience with depression is definitely uniquely yours, though all of us that do have it... We have a deep understanding for the, the path that everyone is on that mm-hmm. is, that is, you know, recovering with this.
2: And I think it's, it's good, too, with your, quote, support people to let them know that if I come to you and I seriously say, hey, we need to go do something, mm-hmm. then they should just understand that that's you asking for help. Yeah. I think that's another it's thing, too, is... Is it, is it healthy to come up with a code? Because that would help me a lot. Heck yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and So fact, that's something my, I'm going to chew on. I'm going to share with you guys. We can't do it now, but I'm going to write another blog post where my roommate calls me out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share the letter. I actually have it. She wrote me. And um, heck yeah. Told you a part three. Oh, <laughs> well, you guys, we love you so much. Um, hope that your heart is healing from the loss of Robin Williams and that you yourself are healing from your depression. We're here for you. And we love you very much. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Paper Hope Next Generation. We'll catch you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Paper Hope Next Generation. Be sure to check out the blog at paperhope.com for more during the week. And we hope to see you again next Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Bye for now.